Well, if you were to ask me, now the sermon's starting, <laughs> okay? If you were to ask me what I'd put in the top 10 of what I'm most thankful for, it wouldn't be the game yesterday, but it, uh, it, it wouldn't take a lot of thought for me to include prayer in my list. Honestly, it's hard to imagine what tops prayer. If you think about it, for us to be able to have a conversation with the creator of the universe, if you've really pushed the pause button and given that some thought. It's one of the things I, I love about the Bible. God not only gives us this gracious invitation to pray, talk with him, which he does in the Bible, but he also shows us how to pray. And I'm thankful for what, what God provides through prayer, peace, when we're weighed down with anxiety. Anybody ever been at that point where you're just like overwhelmed with anxiety? I mean, I can still remember as a little kid when my, my pet dog, Tojo, got killed and, and, and just crying and, and talking to God, you know, and just sobbing, losing. I mean, really, seriously, prayers, prayers you know, can start so young and, and it can be part of our whole life. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the forgiveness that God gives when I blow it. I can come to him and confess my sin. I'm, I'm thankful for the wisdom that God gives when I really don't know which direction to go, what's a good decision, and, and, and that God gives me strength to trust him and persevere in doing what's right with, when, it, when I feel so weak inside and incapable of doing that. And I, I can't think of a time when I've had pushback, when I've asked someone if I could pray for them. I don't know if some of you remember Way back after 9-11, God did that thing with me to go ask if I could pray for our neighbors and spend four or five hours doing that. I didn't have one person shut the door on me. I mean, everybody said, yeah, absolutely, I, I need your prayer. And one, of, one of the great privileges of ministry is hearing so many stories of people who have experienced God meeting them in prayer, responding to their need, and, and providing the, the strength and help that they needed in exactly the right way. There's so much in my own experience with prayer that fills me with, with gratitude to God and, and, and strengthens my own confidence in God's, God's love and God's care for, for every one of us. From, from the time I prayed my first prayers as a child to my, my times in prayer this, this past week, some of my most treasured memories include prayer. Seeing my parents praying. <laughs> Praying with Becky, having Becky pray for me, being able to pray for her, her, praying for our children, hearing our children pray. I mean, there's nothing sweeter than a prayer of a child, you know. You, you wish you could video it, you know, but that wouldn't quite be right, you know. You can't, you shouldn't video it. But anyway, you know, or, or having a close friend pray for me when I've gone through a hard time in, in my life. Boy, Becky and I have experienced that so much in the last plus years now. But I, I have to say, thinking back over all of this, I believe that one of the most valuable insights about prayer was given by Jesus in two verses in the 14th chapter of John's Gospel, which, which is really remarkable because if you read that, that chapter, including those two verses, it, it, it's, it's almost as if Jesus is mentioning prayer in, in passing, it's that brief. It's so concise that it's powerful. 
Because what he does is give us a, a laser focus on the ultimate purpose of prayer. And in, in, in two verses, using our title, he, he gets to the crux of the matter when it comes to prayer. He, he, he takes us to the very core, the, to the very center of what makes our prayer most valuable. Here's what he said. John 14, verse 13 and 14. He said, I, I'll do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Here's why I'm convinced that what Jesus said here is so valuable for all of us. And it might, might be just me. <laughs> I might be the only one, but I doubt it, okay? I need these verses. Because as much as I'm thankful for what prayer does for me personally, I know myself well enough to know how easy it is for my prayer to become self-centered, all of my prayer, and where, where it's all about me and, and, and my family and a few other people, just a few other people, and, and, and where it's limited to what I bring to God in prayer, you know. Or, or, or to put it in one very simple sentence, my prayer can be very little, when it should be very big. Anybody else with me on this? If you were to track your prayer over the next several days or weeks, based on your own history, your own experience of prayer, you know, how you've prayed over the last number of years, you know, on a daily basis, would you say that you pretty much pray for yourself and for your family and maybe a few other people? And, and, and would you say that what you're asking God to do is, for the most part, stuff that happens anyway? It, it doesn't really tap into God's power. It's, it, it's the kind of stuff that anybody can do with a bit of planning and effort, faith in God or no faith in God. And, and I'm not saying that we should stop praying about these kinds of things. My, my only concern is when that's pretty much all of what we pray for. And, and, and when our prayer is nearly, nearly almost always for ourselves and maybe a few other people. So the challenge that I'd like to put in front of all of us today, myself included, is to pray big prayers. That's going to be our takeaway as we Walk away from our, t our time together, and, and, and if, you, if you take notes and you write anything down, that's what I'd like you to write down. Pray big prayers. Pray big prayers. And, and it begins with our understanding of the ultimate purpose of prayer. And we're going to look at that, but, but let me just say this. I, I thought about this this week, you know, if you might be sitting out here and, and listening to me, and you might, you might be saying, hey, Hey, Steve, you, know, uh, you, you don't really know me. You don't know where I'm at. I'm a, I, you, I, I don't even pray little prayers. I don't pray at all. I hardly ever pray. And I, I just want to ask you to stay with me this morning because what I'm talking about is totally achievable. It, it, it's, it's not some kind of a pipe dream that we're looking at this morning. You see, be, before I'm finished, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a first step to take in prayer. A step that's practical, and I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that if you take this one step, it'll, it'll take you to a whole new level in your spiritual walk. It'll, it'll take you from here where you are right now to there where you would like to be. And you know why I know that? 
because you pray the prayer that I'm going I'm to share with you this morning, I can guarantee you God's going to answer it. I can guarantee you, and you understand why. Okay, let's begin with what Jesus shows us as, shows us as the ultimate purpose of prayer. What, what, what takes a, a, a prayer from being little to being very big? The ultimate purpose of prayer, what, which is stated again in verse 13 and 14. Look at this statement. He said, I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. If you look carefully, everybody, what makes a prayer big is right there. It's right there. But, but here's our challenge. Here, here's what could cause us to miss it. it, it it's very easy for us to focus in, to, to hone in on, 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 on the words. Do you notice those words? Whatever and anything, whatever and anything. I, I will do whatever you ask. You may ask me for anything, and I'll do it. You know, it's very easy to read this and go to ourselves. you know, to think, oh, yeah, I, lo I love that. I love that, you know. I can get what I want from God. It, you know, it, it's easy to think that, that he's saying that the purpose of prayer is to give me whatever it is that I ask of him, whatever it is that you want. To think that it's, it's to get the things that you and I want from God. To, to think of prayer like some kind of a divine order catalog. You know, like, I'll take two of those in that size, please. You know, or, or, or to think of God as some kind of a genie that, that he, he, he said, three wishes today, whatever you wish, I'll do. You know? But that's not what Jesus is saying. It's not the, the whatever or anything that you and I should focus on. It's praying in Jesus' name that should get our attention. Did, did, did you see that? He said, I will do whatever you ask in my name. And verse 14, you may ask me for anything <clears throat> in, in my name, in my name, and I'll do it. Now, the question that this begs for all of us is, what does it mean? What does that mean? What does it mean to pray in, in Jesus' name? That, that's the question to answer. And, and here's what it means. It means that you want what he wants. See, what, what's important to Jesus is important to you, very important to you, to the extent that everything else pales in comparison. Which then begs another question. Well, what is it that's most important to Jesus? Well, he stated it often uh, throughout his ministry, and he, he says it here in verse 13. It's, it, it's for him to bring glory to God. It's for each one of us to bring glory to, to God the Father. That's what's more important. That's what's most important to Jesus Christ. And, and so before anything else, that should determine the whatever and the anything that we ask of him in prayer. Does it bring glory to God? So, Question to ask ourselves, question for you to ask yourself this morning, I'm asking questions today, <laughs> is how much, this is a question to ask yourself, how much of what I'm praying, I'm asking on an ongoing kind of a daily basis, if answered, brings glory to God? How much am I praying prayers that are, that are this big? 
So what I'd like to do this morning to make this very practical so we can get a hold of it and know what to do with this is I'd like to look at one example of this kind of a prayer, a, 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 a big prayer that makes it possible for us to bring glory to God. And so uh, we'll show the scripture on PowerPoint or uh, you got your Bible with you, you can dig it out. But it's Ephesians in the, in the New Testament in the first chapter in verses 17, 18, and 19 that we're going we're gonna to look at. There are three things uh, that you discover when you look at this prayer that Paul included that make it big. All three are life-changing. All three impact every decision and choice that you and I make in life. And all three, all three impact everything that we do. All three making it possible for us to bring glory to God. And this, so this prayer has three parts to it. Okay? First of all, uh, to know God better. Second, to know the hope of heaven. And third, to know God's power. Those three. So let's begin with the first one. To know God better. He writes this in verse 17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. When you think about everything that a person can possibly learn in life, everything, can you imagine anything more valuable, more life-changing than what you and I know about God, our creator? I mean, it's true, isn't it? What we know and believe to be true about God determines the whole course of our, of our, our lives. And, and, and the, better, the better we know God, the better you know God, the more likely that you and I will live for the glory of God. Prayer, and, and prayer doesn't get any bigger than this. It doesn't get any bigger. You don't know, really know the almighty God, the creator of this universe, to, to clear up any confusion, any, any misunderstanding, any, you know, any bit of limited understanding that we might have uh, of, of God, praying that it doesn't get any bigger. So, so it, it's praying this prayer, a prayer like this. God, help me know everything that's true about you. Help me know everything that's true about you. Help me understand the full extent of uh, uh, possible everything that's true about your wisdom and your knowledge and your power. God, help me understand what it means that you're everywhere present. God, help me understand your perfect holiness, that, that God, that you're, you're righteous and you're just in all that you do. Help me understand that, God. Help me know that. God, help me understand the depth of your love love that is so great that you sent your son to die for me. That's a big prayer. Pray that. And, and, and then to ask God to help you know the hope of heaven, to, to know, to, to really know what it is that God's preparing for you to experience for all of eternity. Here, here's how Paul prayed this in verse 18. He, he, he began with this, this phrase. He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That, that's a word. That, that word enlightened is a word that means like a light bulb going on. It's having that aha moment. 
That's what the, Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And, and what you can pray for yourself to have, to have those aha moments about, about heaven, the light bulb getting turned on so you can see more clearly what's, what's ahead. So look at, this, look at what he said. He, verse 18, he said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, notice the word hope in there. Uh, this isn't hope like I, I hope. Oh, I hope I'm right with God. You know, or, I hope I get to go to heaven. Oh, I just hope, I hope, I hope I get to go to heaven. That's, that's, that's not the kind of hope he's writing about here. What he's writing about and praying for is a hope that's a sure hope. It's a, it's a done deal hope. In, in fact, it's a, it's a done deal sealed by the Holy Spirit hope. In, in, in that same chapter, in verse 13 and 14, Paul wrote this. He, it's an amazing statement. He, he said, having believed, believed in Jesus Christ, you, you were marked in him with a seal, the, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What, what he's saying there is that when you and I make that decision to trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of God, God himself comes to live within us, and, and that's a guarantee that we've got, etern we've got eternity forever. I mean, talk about security. God's saying that the Holy Spirit is his down payment on our eternal inheritance. In, in other words, eternity for us is signed, sealed, and delivered. It, it can't get any more secure than this. And so when Paul prays for these believers to know the hope of heaven, he's praying for them to know with absolute confidence what, what is theirs for all of eternity. And I would say that, that is like one very big prayer, which he goes on to describe at the end of verse 18 in this way. He said, the, the riches, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So I, I got to tell everybody, this is one of the most astounding statements in the Bible. It, it puts an incredibly wonderful emphasis on one aspect of what heaven will mean for all of us, and it's amazing. Now, notice everybody. Notice, everybody, Paul didn't say there the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, what it, what it is that you're going to inherit, that I'm going to inherit. I mean, that's an amazing thing in itself. But he's asking something even bigger for these people to understand. And that is the riches of his glorious inheritance, God's glorious inheritance. See, Paul's saying, this is what Paul's saying, everybody. God, the maker of the universe, considers his special treasure, his inheritance, to be you and to be me. Every one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we're the way that God's going to show all of, his, all of creation his, his glory. I mean, can you imagine this someday? You're up in heaven, and, and there you are, you're standing... And there's a bunch of angels standing around. And God the Father, God the Father is talking to the angels. And he points to you and he says, look at him. Look at her. 
Look at what I've done. Look at that. Look at the perfection in them. Look at the glory in them. Look at the righteousness in, in them. Do, do you know why God's going to be able to do that someday? Because of what John said will be true of all of us in heaven. And I don't know if you know it, but John not only wrote the Gospel of John, but he wrote three little letters at the end of the New Testament. One John, two John, and three John. And, 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 and he said this in the third chapter of the first letter. It's an amazing statement. He said, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. He said, We're, we don't see it yet, but we know that when he appears, when Jesus Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We're going to be just like Jesus Christ. In other words, absolute perfection, 100% holy, righteous through and through. It, it doesn't get any better than this. And all because of God's amazing work of grace through Jesus Christ. I mean, just think of this. For all of eternity, you're going to bring glory to God. I'm going to bring glory to God for all of eternity. And, and so the, 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 the question we've got to ask ourselves, well, what difference does this make in my life right now? How, how can it impact my life right now? And, and John has the answer. He, he writes right on in, in that next verse, in, in, in that little letter he wrote. In verse 3 he said, Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, I want, I want to encourage you to write down what I'm, what I'm about to say because it's very important, okay? Okay, this is, this is a keeper. The better you and I see what we're going to be, the better we see what we're going to be. Yeah, I love this. Nobody's writing this down. Okay, <laughs> all right. The, the better we see what we're going to be, the more it makes us want to be that way now. Okay? The better you and I, the more clearly you and I can see what we're going to be in all of eternity, the more it makes us want to be that way now. Which is why Paul prayed this prayer for the Ephesians and why it's so important for us to pray this prayer for ourselves and for others. You see, you and I need a lot of those aha moments, the light bulb getting turned on about eternity so that we'll keep purifying ourselves now to be like Jesus Christ. See, we don't have to wait. That's a big prayer. Third request, Paul prayed, it's for, the, for these believers to know their power, to know their strength. I love this. Verse 19, he said, he said, and to know, that word know can just travel all the way through, and to know his incomparably, incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age but also in the one to come. You know what Paul's saying? You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm praying for you to know God's power. Power for us that, that is as great as the power that it took to raise Jesus from death to life. Power for us that is as great as the power that it took, took to, to exalt him to the highest place in heaven. Power that is, a, is as great as it took to put everything underneath his authority. 
that power. That's the power I'm praying for you to know that God's made available to you. Here's the deal, everybody. I mean, this is, this is real stuff. The better you and I know that we have this power, the more we're going to trust God and, the, and, and do what can be only be done in God's strength. Boy, I just know I need that. Man, I can just get, I can just pull in and, and I can get, I can become afraid. I can become hesitant to step out and do things that, that, that I know I need to know, do for God, that I want to do for God. And what I need to pray for myself every single day is God, help me not limit myself. God, help me know the power that's available. And so that I'll step out and I'll take a risk and do what I can't do in my own strength. That's a big prayer to pray. So pray this prayer, okay? I mean, you do it. Ask God to help you, help you know him better. Ask God to help you see eternity more clearly to know the hope of heaven. Ask God, ask God to help you know his power that is your power. Pray this prayer for yourself. Pray it for your wife, your husband. Pray it for your children. Pray it, pray it for every person that is a part of your life. Pray it for every person who's a part of Brookside. And pray it with passion. And pray it often. You can't pray it too often. You, can pray, you should really pray it every day. You know, I think one of the best things you can do, honestly, uh, is to memorize a verse like this, or a prayer like this in Ephesians, in verse 17 and 18 and 19. You know, and I, and so often in life, our challenge, isn't it, isn't it true? You know, we're different thing, parts of our life, we're here and we want to get there. And I think that's also true of our prayer life. Sometimes we, we're here, but we really want to get there. And I, I really believe, Memorizing a prayer like this prayer in Ephesians and praying it each day is a practical first step you can take to get from here to there, from here where you are to there where you want to be in your prayer life. And again, I'm going to say it again. I'll guarantee you, pray this prayer, and it'll impact your life in a major way. Most important of all, it'll make it possible for you to bring glory to God. And you know what? I'm going to say it again. That's a prayer, God, you can, you can guarantee God's going to answer. He's going to answer it. Okay, all right. Now, you might be sitting out there this morning listening to me and, and kind of pushing back in your mind and going, oh, memorize a prayer. That's a preacher kind of a thing to do, you know. Yeah, leave it to a preacher to talk about memorizing a prayer, you know. So, 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 I don't know if, if any of you know, I, I don't know if you remember, but there's a group of guys that I, I began meeting with at the beginning of this year, and, uh, and I, I asked a commitment from these guys, and they're going to come join me up here now, uh, uh, three of them uh, out of our group are going to join me, and, and it was a kind of deal where they had to sign on blood, in blood, because I'm, I'm asking a big commitment from these guys, and they're now on... Um, they're all the way in, into the New Testament and having read the Old Testament already. And, and, but at the beginning of this year, we read a book on prayer. And I think the title is going to come up. And I think uh, we'll get the title of that book maybe. Um, maybe not. But it's, uh, it's, it's a book written by D.A. Carson, uh, uh, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. And I, I wish I D.A. Carson is like a brilliant guy. 
but he doesn't know how to write a very good title for a book. It's like, oh, I want to read that, you know, Spiritual Reformation. I, that's a little overwhelming, but, uh, but, but the book is not an easy book to read, right? It was a challenging book to read, but would you guys say it was worth it? You read it twice. Yeah. And, uh, and what he does is he, he goes through, I, it's one of my favorite books in my whole life, to be honest with you. I, I would put it as the best book I've ever read on prayer. It's that good. It's that practical. And he goes through, and you can get that. You can go on Amazon. You could go order it through parables. I would say get the book and read it, not just once, but often. I mean, many times. I've read that book several times. And what he does is he, he, he explains Paul's prayers. He talks through them. And so what I had these guys do is, is pick one of those prayers, memorize it, and, 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 they actually, and they've done it, and they, they've, I've, I'll pick on them just like they, they'll come one day, and I'll say, okay, Calvin, give your prayer. And uh, so these guys know these prayers. They've been saying them to us as a group all year long. They've been praying it, this. Each one of them have been praying the prayer they memorized nearly every day since they memorized it. That's one of the things I asked of them. So let me, let me just ask you guys, any of you preachers? None of you are. All right, good. So we know just, not just preachers who do this kind of stuff. And uh, so what I'd like you to do is, uh, uh, say, uh, before you say the verse you memorized, maybe uh, give the reference. Do you mind doing that? Do you remember the uh, In fact, I've got them in case you don't know the reference or forget. You know, might forget. I, you know, I know you all know because you told me. Um, and, uh, but uh, Calvin, we'll let you go first. And what, what, or, or, yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff or Calvin, I don't care. You guys can fight it out. Um, um, but tell why, before you give the prayer, why don't you tell, you know, why, why that's a big prayer, why, what it's meant to you. Great. Sure. Uh, mine was Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And uh, primarily I chose that prayer because it talks about choosing the best over what's good and also preparing myself with understanding God's word and just what it could do to, uh, to benefit me, to benefit my family, and, uh, and what we've learned even benefit the church. Uh, and the prayer is, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that only comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Very good. You just missed in praise of God. <laughs> awesome. Good job, Ryan. Mine's right. uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 13. And I picked it because it made me think of friends and family that I have in my life that are not believers and helped me create a path to them. So it okay. goes, uh, night and day we earnestly pray that we will see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. May God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ clear the way so we may come to you. May he make your love increase and overflow for each other just as ours does for you, for each other and everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ when he returns with his holy ones. Very good. Thanks. All right. Jeff Birch. Um, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. And um, I picked it because of the love, um, the love that's written all over in it. So ah. um, I like how you said it takes you to another level. Yeah. I mean, you always think you're there, but... This is uh, taking me to a whole nother level. So Great. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have 
power, together with all the saints, to fully grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the fullness of uh, God. To all the fullness of God. <laughs> that you may you build. Yeah, you perfect uh, man. Uh, that, 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 good job. <laughs> you know, I I just love these guys. It's been so much fun. There's there's eight of us to get together, and 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 there's been a number of things that they've memorized. Like what they're working on right now is actually learning how to share their faith, and they. They've written their story out and, and actually uh, able to act, go through the whole gospel with somebody and share it. Now, I'm just, I'm just, it's just so much fun to see wh- how far they've come and what they've done. But I just love because they're, they're all sitting and waiting, you know, as, as we've gone through these prayers with each other and, and said, I just love watching the expression on their face because I know they're just, they're reviewing their own verse, you know, like, get ready. And, and, it, and it's so fun because very often they'll preface before they're going to say it, they'll actually preface it with kind of a, no, I may not do this, you know. You remember, you, you, you know, like, anyway, it's, it's really fun. I've, I've, so, thanks, guys. Man, thank you so much. All right. Honestly, everybody, you never will regret it. I, I memorized uh, one of Paul's prayers in Colossians way back in the 80s. And I have prayed that. I just pray that prayer daily for this church. I, I prayed for, I prayed for Becky. I prayed for, I, you know, uh, Greg. And now Greg's, you know, experiencing all of it. And I pray, pray, prayed for Nikki every day. And I, you know, I, I prayed for others every day. Um, you know, you, it's a big prayer. Don't. Don't be satisfied with praying little prayers. Pray the little prayers. They're, they're good. Don't stop. But also pray big prayer. Big prayer. Okay, we're going we're gonna to worship here. And, um, and then, um, yeah, good.